for our Canadian lifters. Pure passion, real results, what you put in your body should matter. Pure Vita Labs PVL supplements are clean, tested, and approved. Powering athletes for over 25 years. They also power the KOTL podcast. You could trust PVL. Use code KOTL15 for partnership pricing at PVL.com. Six-pack lap it at. We got Chance Mitchell and Arian Messi-Kamesi. Arian, found out on a weekend we don't pronounce your name properly. I probably found out before that too, but I got reminded. How are we supposed to be pronouncing your name, Playboy? I mean, we talk about it all the time, but no, no one can pronounce it I'm correctly. I'm not going to remember after this either, but... Exactly, so why does it matter? <laughs> that's probably right. You're probably, that's probably true. Let's keep it moving. Um, it is the PA Nats recap show, and uh, man, we had some battles. We had some upsets. We have a bit of an idea here what we think Team USA is going to look like. Not 100%, because we still need to see what Sheffield brings, but certainly on the women's side, we have more of an idea what we might be looking at, but it's a little bit of a convoluted process. So I'm, we're not going to say a hundred percent. Anyways, we're going to say what we feel and what we're kind of looking um, based off of. And one more time as a refresher, Carpinos, Now Carpino is takes the total from the last three worlds, the winning total. So in the 52s, it'll take what total won the 52 kilo championship the last three years. That average is your Carpino one. It's brutal. It is a brutal ask that you have to be that high. Um, so some of the people at nationals hit the Carpino one and won. Some of the people won and did not. Fellas, let's start off in the men's division. And uh, we'll start in the 59-kilo class where Waskar Carpio seized the 59-kilo title. But more than just that, he was pacing himself. And I remember saying on the on the broadcast, um, I wasn't sure if he's pacing himself for that Carpino one. And it... it it, we, we were looking at what he would need, 613.5, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. And I remember on the commentary stating, now, is he going to hit that? And it was Bill McCarthy with me on commentary because he needs a 13.5 kilo total PR. He needs like he needs to add 13.5 kilos somewhere. On the squats, tight as PR. On the bench, tight as PR. And me and Bill are thinking, kind of expected my man to spread the PRs out over the three lifts if he's going to cover 13.5 kilos. Keep in mind, everybody listening, we're not talking about 83, 93, adding 13.5. talking about 59. 13.5 kilo PR is sizable. My man went all in on the deadlifts, um, ended up by his second deadlift grabbing 16.5 kilos and really loading up on the third deadlift with 268 kilos loading. So, where his top end is, I mean, Wasker's a fucking strong kid with a bright future in the 59-kilo class. He wants to establish himself as a dominant force, um, not only just now, and, and but when Efido comes back from Russia, Fedoshenko, let him come back 
and let's do battle. He said that's the real end boss. He hopes Russia comes back at some point. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but um, what were you guys thinking? You want to go first, Aaron? Sure, I'll go quick because um, I was coaching two people during a session, so I didn't actually like watch Oscar's list. But yeah, looking at it now, yeah, he tied the squad on bench PR, but he also was cutting weight. So last minute was 64.4, cut down to the 59 kilo class. So that usually hits the bench press the most, followed by the squat and the delft the least. So it makes sense that like they weren't able to get PRs there. Just matching it in a lower weight class was very positive for them. And then just go all out on deadlift. And so that's a monster deadlift, 258.5. Take the shot out on the second, locked it in, and then he can go whatever he wants for the third. And um, as far as the competition, that weight class, you know, he was pretty much um, comfortable. It wasn't, wasn't like a huge lead. Dalton had 587.5 kilos, so he could have caught him if there was an issue. Um, but, you know, he was really going against that Carpino, so he just paced everything exactly what he needed, got on the deadlift. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, his, his training, from what I saw, looked really good and just consistent on squat and bench. And then deadlift uh, was the, the shine, uh, kind of the star, I guess, of his prep. Um, and yeah, 258 and a half, really good on a second attempt. If we have that opportunity to lock it in on a second attempt, like that is the the play. Um, and then he just did what he did at the last meet, right? So he he did uh, a meet in, I think it was October, was it October, November, I think. Um, and he did... Uh, this at 64.4. So he did 217 and a half at this meet and just matched it. So like six and a half kilos dropped down uh, is really big. And then benching the exact same. So, yeah, I mean, he, he, he did it. Yeah. The game plan was great in terms of locking in on the second. And if you miss for whatever, you got another shot at it as well. So they really had two shots at that. Um, and you lock it in on the second, whatever. It's all gravy now. What do you want to do for fun? And he loaded up the last deadlift. I forget the significance on that deadlift. I think it was a deadlift record or I forget what, but um, he was telling me afterwards, but yeah, so it excellently played moving into the 67s though. So Brian Lee, I remember talking to um, Joe Stanek and telling him in the back, Brian's got to drop these squats in the pocket and he's got to hit that depth. His strength is incredible for a 66 kilo lifter. Um, but he's as long as he can get that squat depth in misses second squat comes back, hits it on his third and essentially never looks back. I mean, he, he's, he never missed another lift. Now he taking a look on the bench. He didn't come out for his third bench press. And I actually think, and we're talking about that on the commentary as well. I also agree with that. Sometimes no sense grinding out a third bench when you know you got a big deadlift and it could take a lot out of you on the bench press tightening up and the whole nine. So I think it was excellently played. Um, and for them to get to seven thirteen point five in not using the third bench, missing one of his squats. I don't know where his top end is yet. I mean, he's a young guy who knows where it could be capable of Jonathan Garcia. Arian, I know you'll have some input there. This is your athlete. The story with Jonathan, if he can get a squat on the board, what kind of a six, six kilo lifter squat, 600 pounds, he breaks world records with the squat. He's a phenomenal squatter. Unfortunately, he, his total lives and dies by that squat. He needs to sink a squat in. He's capable of going 700 and probably up from 700, 713 and a half would have been a big push. That's why I had Brian winning, but still. If he can get a squat in, even if 
um, you know, in future years, if you can go 700 up and possibly we send two sixty sixes in the future, but, um, I'll let you speak to that. And, and then, uh, Rodrigo Manzo having an off day, getting one squatting, getting one bench in, and then disaster really strikes in the deadlifts and he failed to get a deadlift. Interesting enough, opened up at 275, which is extremely heavy to open up on the deadlifts. I'm not sure what was going on there. If he was almost a all or nothing, I don't even give a fuck anymore. I'm either in or I'm out and I'm going to start covering ground. I don't know, but that was an extremely huge deadlift opener. Um, so, fellow, who wants to go first on this one? Maybe, uh, maybe. Sorry, Aaron go ahead, can go. Aaron can oh. go and talk about Jonathan. Yeah. Okay, I was about uh, to say because you got some inside scoop there. Yeah, I mean, as far as Brian, he did. He had an incredible day. So yeah, I was trying to add up what Jonathan would have needed, and it would have been a big ask. It would have been like two seventy eight squat and a one seventy eight bench, and then Brian still has the final deadlift, so he could have pulled more. Um, so it wasn't just the squat. If we had got the squat in, we would have been around 700, 702. So we still would have been behind. Um, it kind of was what we were expecting out of Brian as far as, um, squat and bench press. We're thinking, you know, maybe he hits 250 on squat and 150 on bench press. He ended up having to retake the squat because of the depth and he had more in him. Um, but that deadlift is just so massive. It's, it's going to be hard to keep up with, uh, with that for anyone. And, you know, he unofficially broke the world record. So that's an incredible performance by him. Yeah, for Jonathan, it's just, yeah, inconsistency on depth. They called the depth two to one on the second attempt. I didn't go protest it. It was really hard to see in the coach's box because there's spotters in the way, there's referees in the way, there's camera people in the way, there's weights in the way. So I couldn't see the depth. I didn't want to just go and protest it, not knowing anything. Um, so I end up going up to the record anyways, because it was only like four kilos more. Like, is easy either going to make it or miss it, and we need to stay in the game. So I went up to the 271.5 to go for the record. And then he missed that on depth as well. I saw that one better because I positioned myself better. And so I went to the, the jury and protested that one and said, hey, look, that looked the same as the first one. Looks like the same as he squats in, at Worlds and everything like that. I thought it was a good lift and that uh, they were being too hard on the judging. The jury talked, to, talked about it and they told me one jury member thought it was a good lift, but two of them thought it was a no lift and you mm -hmm. need to have majority. Um, so they said it's going to stand as call as a no lift. So. At that point, we were pretty much out. We just, you know, there's always a chance. And I try to get Jonathan like, hey, there's always a chance. Let's get some benches and delves in and we'll see what happens. Um, he missed the third bench as well on strength. And so at that point on Delph, I kind of like, kind of like shut it down as far as like, let's just make attempts in. Let's make sure Rodrigo doesn't catch us. We end up getting a two and a half kilo PR on Delph. Maybe had a little bit more in him. Um, and the only chance we had at that point was that they opened up fairly heavy for brian 295.5 more than they needed to like stay in the lead so they must have felt very confident that he can execute 295.5 no issues with lockout no issues with grip anything like that because if they had screwed that up they would have that would have been the chance we needed to give back to jonathan but um they didn't have any issues they went well and rodrigo you know was missing 275 so we knew we were locked in for seconds so we just went three for three on delaf two and a half kilo pr and call it a day what do you think of chance yeah, I mean, from Garcia's perspective, when you're the you know massive squatter and it doesn't go your way on like a, a borderline call or whatever it is, you are almost dejected and and it's very I I feel like in my uh, perspective as the athlete there, it would be so hard to just keep in it and know like hey like yeah I have to go after the you know huge deadlifter and they could pull seven hundred and you know hopefully I'm just in it so to stay in it and 
you know, still do well overall is still good. Um, at that point, it's like, hey, let's just get the, the highest points or the dots that we can. And then hopefully you can get an alternate spot on the team. Uh, because, yeah, as we'll probably talk about, you know, there's only two people that hit the Carpino one in the men's. Yeah, Brian Lee being one of them right now, obviously. I mean, he broke the world, unofficially broke the world record. So it goes, <laughs> spoiler alert, he's the other one. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting that um, the two lightest men in the two lightest divisions seized it and uh, and have solidified themselves on Team USA. We do have some surprises. So let's move forward here. We'll move into the 74s. Uh, big breaking news on this one. Obviously, Taylor Atwood did not compete. And Taylor Atwood, um, instead, he joined me. And he, he flew down and was there and accompanied, accompanied me in the commentating booth in Fuck me, my man can is good in the commentating booth. Uh, we I got I got some DMs and people were posting and tagging saying, "Hey, Taylor's pretty good in this uh, commentating booth," but he didn't make it to compete. Nicholas Farrison, hopefully I'm saying that uh, pronouncing that right, wins it, um, but falls below the Carpino, and obviously the Carpino is going to be the goat. Taylor Atwood's last, he was in the last three worlds, and it's going to be his last. Sorry, he was in two of the last three, but not going to help him anyways. So he falls way short now in the 83s. And do you guys want to jump in on there? I think we're pretty good for the 74s, right? Do you guys want to spend too much time on there's two lifters, no Taylor? Uh, I think, I think we're good probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, in the 83s, Deuce Gruden and Sean had an absolutely fucking phenomenal battle. Um, we could talk about this one. Now Deuce came in. Nobody really knows what to expect from Deuce. He doesn't post a lot. He doesn't say a lot. I talked to him in D DMs, try to get a read on him. And, uh, my man is very tight lipped with it. He doesn't post much. Sean coming in, had an injury a little bit ways out, but then near the end started turning that corner just in time. I remember slipping in his DMs and him saying the injury was real but it's turning around and um, you never know. You never know because you could always re-aggravate an injury as you're getting close. So it was a little bit of a crapshoot here. What we're going to find. Well, what we found was a fucking battle gentlemen deuce finishing with a three Oh five squat. And then after his one eighty seven point five bench, you're wondering what kind of jump they're going to take. You're wondering where they might end up. Cause he needs to end up well over 200 kilos in the bench press. And that's when deuce back-to-back -back misses on the bench press where Sean on the flip side, 300 kilo squat, monster squat, 190 kilo, 95 kilo bench press and ends up um, out benching deuce, which I did not see going into this. And now Sean is six for six deuce is back having missed two benches and going into the deadlifts. Both gentlemen open within two kilos of each other. Deuce opening at 285, Sean at 287.5. And Sean hits 310. And oh my God. And Deuce, by the way, along the ways, hits 312.5. So Deuce is finished his day deciding, I am not going for Carpino one, but I will seize the, the title should Sean load up for Carpino one and miss. And it's, it's a calculated risk. Not only is there winning the battle in the national title, but also if we end up in, in the alternate pool. So I, I can respect that. 
But I also respect Sean looking at this saying, that is a lot of ifs. And the percentages drop way off. And with the day Sean was having, he him loading up 330.5. And gentlemen, I know you've seen it. It was right at lockout that he missed this. Like this was, when you see it happen, this was not a dumb Hail Mary. This was not a, I'm a tug on the bar and like, bro, this was never going to happen for you. This thing was right at lockout that he missed that. And I remember on the day calculating with both gentlemen's scenarios, because they're both, by the time their last poll rolled around, they're both in different scenarios. I think Deuce played it proper. I think Deuce, this was too far for you. You were not going to be able to load up for Carpino one. You should load up to seize the, the title and get the highest possible total you got for the day. Sean, I think that Carpino 100% is within reach. And if your goal is to get to the open world championships, I think today of all days, this might happen for you. And he had it right to lockout. 2020 hindsight for someone said you shouldn't have. Well, no shit now, you know that. But right then and there, he damn near did. And you only have like, he... He might not, He if he doesn't go for this and he just goes slightly less, ends up in the alternate pool, he may never still get on that team. You know, he, he had a goal in mind and he wanted to go for it. Fuck, go for it, young man. I think they both played it right. Um, Chance, you want to go first this time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this is like what powerlifting is all about, right? Like, you know, the athlete comes in with the big subtotal versus Sean Jin, you know, John versus Sean Jin. Uh Sean is like everything. He can do all of it. Like, you know, as an 83, he's very well balanced. Um, Deuce doesn't post any of the training, so we don't know what he's doing. But his totals kind of been around the same. Sean, his training was looking amazing. And then it kind of like fell off with like an injury a little bit. But then he still shows up strong on game day. You know, you always show up and compete, you know, kind of that any given Sunday type of thing. Um, and it was there. It was this huge battle. I mean, it was a hidden gem of this meet. Um, I really loved, I really loved it. I, from my perspective, I always want to play, play it safe in the sense of like, Hey, you don't want to take any other risk that you don't need to, but if the win is there, like you go for it. Um, you, you definitely go for it. And you know, his total still really good, right? His IPF points are still very high. There is still a chance he could get on the team. Uh, obviously it's smaller now. Um, but I mean, it was that it was there. It was it was that close. I hate sumo deadlifts <laughs> because anything can go wrong. Like the floor could be unstable on the platform. You know, the athlete's grip could give out. You know, if hook grip, right? Like I have never seen Sean miss like a, a deadlift like that, where it's like that close to lockout and looks locked out. And then sometimes with the hook grip stuff, it just strength or position or anything goes off, it's over. Um, and so, you know, his his last deadlifts that I saw in prep uh, weren't indicative of that 330 deadlift, and the 330 deadlift was there. So they did they did a great job with everything. Um, every I think both athletes played it correctly. Uh, as a fan of the sport, I I really enjoyed it. Um, even if it's like you know maybe not number one versus number two in the all time 83s, but like three and four going head to head like super close. That's still I mean, that's, that's the sport, man. I love it. 100%. I mean, they're amongst the elite of elite. Sean, obviously the reigning junior world champion. And is mm -hmm. look how far he's like, he totaled. I don't know if I said they both ended up totaling eight Oh five and deuce 
beat yeah. Sean on body weight. But Sean's total, you know, is definitely higher than that. I mean, it was damn near 825.5 or whatever. Uh, Arian, what are you thinking, sir? Yeah, it was, it was definitely a, a great battle. Uh, one thing I wanted to mention as well with Deuce with the bench press is while I was watching him warm up, he's got like, you know, a barrel chest. He's got short forearms. He tucks his elbows in really hard is that it looked like his elbows weren't hitting depth. So I'm watching him um, and I'm watching the elbows as a chief referee. And I'm telling Jason to him like, hey, it looks like he tucks in his elbows a lot and, and the elbows are high he's not, and he's going to get called for depth. So then they're trying to figure out what adjustment to make. Should they flare the elbows out more? Should he change his arch a little bit and arch less? So that kind of like, I think, maybe messed him up a little bit is having to make an adjustment on, on the day of. And I think maybe Jason said maybe he tweaked something on the second attempt from the adjustment. And so that's why he missed down the two benches. But squat went great. Deadlift went great. The only difference was that at USAPL Nationals on his third deadlift, he gets the call two to one, and then the jury overturns it to a no lift. Here at PA Nationals, he misses the call two to one. The Susie goes to the jury and gets overturned to a good lift. So that's what put him into the position. Um, with Sean, yeah, it goes both ways. You, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, initially, they had a lower number in, and when Deuce missed, they changed it to 330.5. And then when the jury overturned it and they announced it's overturned, I thought they were going to switch back down and go for the, the title and not go for the Hail Mary for the Carpino. But they left it and they went for the Carpino. Um, yeah, and for what like, people say, oh, they should have gone for the win. You didn't know what was going to happen the rest of the week. We assumed, oh, Bryce is going to hit the Carpino. We assumed Ray's going to hit the Carpino. And then you realize all these other people missed and potentially Deuce will get in. We'll see. We still got to see what happens at Sheffield, but potentially uh, Deuce could get in through the alternates and then yeah Sean's gonna be like oh man I could have done you know five kilos more been a national champion made it but you don't know um the other thing I wanted to mention too is there was a battle for third place too so Jonathan Losa John Tong Alex Sidor were all seven and a half kilos away from each other they're battling it out I was handling um Jonathan Losa he did great he had a PR on the squat we missed the American record on the bench press which would have given him a chip because he was the heaviest guy but he was able to stay close enough and some of these other guys missed and we just had the lightest deadlift so we just pulled to go into third place these other guys missed and he ended up getting third place so he, he was very happy he's a masters lifter he's been the masters worlds and he went out there and got the bronze medal um i was gonna say um sean had mentioned i think in his instagram and i knew this beforehand though he was it was never it was always going to be carpino one it uh whether whatever happened with deuce's final be damned. So, so then my question there too, I know it's tough because his PR is 315 and he needed 330.5. I don't know what they felt their top end was, but that's a big jump going from 310 on the second to 330.5. Like Chance says, sumo's tough, man. You There's a divot in the floor or they didn't clean the bar off well enough and you're taking a 20 kilo jump. So I wonder why they didn't do the strategy of doing heavier attempts and doing a smaller jump from second and third, like more of a normal 10 to 12 and a half kilo jump rather than 20. And then maybe he would have had the the win locked up on the second attempt, but I didn't feel confident opening up that heavy. But the only reason, maybe I think, is if they if they have this conversation, um, if we're going huge, I need I need to be as fresh as possible for the biggest fucking pull of my life. Maybe that conversation's like, I don't know, I don't know for sure. I'm, I'm totally guessing. So, so from what I saw, I see his like training more. Um, his training was not. Like his deadlift training from what I saw the last couple of weeks were not very good. Okay. Like he posted uh, like a 310 deadlift that he missed like a couple of weeks out. 
and it's like 310 is what his second attempt was. Yeah. So it's like that's like that's pretty aggressive already based off of what your your training was, right? So like maybe maybe he didn't miss it. Maybe it was like a, a really like all out max or something. But regardless, it was still like that's very aggressive. And it's hard because you don't know how much like if you're injured or whatever issues going on, how much you're gonna super compensate and feel much better on competition day. So it makes sense that they made that call, at least for the second attempt. And then from the third, it's like, well, shit, it's there. Okay, let's do it, right? That that thought process. Um, I, have a, I have a couple things, too. I wanted to compliment you, Arian, because from what you said about Gruden in the back, reminded me of at Worlds when you were telling me, like, hey, make sure your arms are set and everything else. And, like, the little details of, uh, making sure like on the platform, like, Hey, these are these things that we're checking to make sure, you know, I think some coaches may not take the time or, uh, be meticulous enough to, to get that down. Right. So yeah. I just want to say that, um, yeah. yeah. And then one more thing is in the battle in like, when I'm looking at the scoreboard or, or seeing what like Gruden did, you know, it makes, now that you've explained the bench stuff, I was thinking, I was like, okay, well, you know, Gruden needs to build the subtotal, you know, um, you do 187 and a half, a 10 kilo jump on a second attempt is pretty aggressive. Right. And then that's like, assuming like for me and my attempt selection, what I know from McGarry and kind of what I've adopted, you know, you, if you're going to set up like for a 10 kilo jump, you're on it from an opener to a second, your second to your third is probably going to be around the same. Like, so you plan, he's planning to hit 207. Right. That type of thought process. If you open at 187, 197, 207, right? Or maybe 205. But you know, 197 wasn't there. But now that you explain that, hey, like the little bit of a tweak from the change, I get that. Cause I was like, hey, he could have done 195. And that may have pushed it out of reach for Sean, right? Like theoretically. Um, so it's just interesting. Is like one little mistake like that opens the door for Sean Jin to load up whatever he needs and can catch him, right? Yeah, that's it's, do, the do battles, you, man, with the subtotal stuff is, is very cool. Cause like I'm I'm the deadlift guy. I'm like, okay, like hopefully they fuck up on on squat or bench. <laughs> and then I can like come out at the end and deadlift whatever. But if they're perfect, that makes it like I have to be perfect as well. And then I also still have to execute really well on deadlift. And it's probably gonna be one of my limit lifts. Whereas if they mess up a squat or bench all right, cool. I only get to do blah, blah, blah in a second. And that's it. I'm it's not a- sure. Um, I'm not sure what their top end is just going over bench right, real quick is I don't know what their top end was for bench because Jason and I split that point on bench. Cause I was handling Jonathan Losa who was going after a record and Jason was handling Deuce who was going after the bench record. So we kind of said, okay, let's just focus on our own lifters and we're chipping the record. However, but I think maybe they would have gone like 205.5 for the top end to, get some more kilos and to get the chip um, because they were trying to be aggressive as well to try and hit the Carpino. So they had to, you know, push the, the squad and bench press to have a chance on a deadlift. So that's why I think they did the 10 and then they're, they're probably going to go eight kilos after that and yeah. then take a shot at the Carpino if it was there. But once yeah, they missed two benches at that point, they switched to plan to just win the title. Because yeah. he's hit 205 before. So that probably is what chance where you thought would have been. It probably are. It's pacing for exactly that because, yeah. um, it's it, it's around his his range. You guys ready for the ninety threes? Sure. Essentially, the story of the ninety threes. Bryce Lewis looked like he was pacing himself as well. 
Um, I mean, we had heard, you know, rumblings that Bryce was on point. Bryce has got the dieting. He's got the, he's got the, the water cut on point and the strength back up at least enough to hit that Carpino one. And Bryce early on going three for three for squats, finishing with a 310, going three for three in bench, finishing with a 205, opening with a 335 on deads, and then they load it. And then they load the Carpino one. And I remember thinking, Bryce will have the national title already locked up. Might as well go for that Carpino. Because then you'll have two shots at it. And it appeared as though they had to pace themselves appropriately for a 355 kilo deadlift, which is within Bryce's capabilities. And twice it came out of Bryce's hands. Now here, and he finishes the day with an 850, just shy. Um, he needed 868, so not just shy, but sh- close enough. And you could see the pacing was there. But the one thing that Bryce started ba- started combating, you could see it visibly on the platform. And for this one, I had Taylor Atwood with me commentating severe cramping. He left at times grabbing his arms, grabbing his legs, and that's in the bench press. And it only got worse. And legs stiffening, and that's when you started saying, for all the adjustments they might have made, they got more adjustments still yet. And the story of Bryce Lewis, the project of the downsizing of Bryce, it's getting better if you're a Bryce fan. And you could see hopes of if you're a Bryce fan, because he's a world champion in the 105s. If he could get that corrected, he's right there with the other 93s. But he's still got a little ways to go on that cut. And for sure, there was visible cramping and discomfort on that platform. And there was telltale signs. I'm wondering if you gentlemen seen that. I'm Probably, because if you're watching the stream, me and Taylor mentioned it. And how you thought it was pacing and if you thought this is going to catch up to him or not. Maybe Chance, I want to get your feedback because obviously you're a 93 watching very intently. You're going to be in Sheffield battling, battling for a Carpino as well. Yeah. Uh, so first off, you know, I, I said on the podcast that I was going to do it. Um, and then like the next couple days was a ice storm, snowstorm. So I was in training for like four ish, five days after that. Um, so I'm not lying to the podcast. I was signed up. Everything was set up. I was having Matt Gary handle me. We could talk about that later, but, um, you know, I was set up to do it. Uh, and so, yeah, I was like, okay, well, you know, it's fine. Um, I'll make sure I prepare fully for Sheffield and just focus on that. I had an athlete compete, um, on the day before where I would compete. So I was like, eh, it'll be fine. I'll just focus on her and then I can have my own stuff and, you know, worry about that later. Um, so, you know, back to back to Bryce. Um, I expected Bryce to nail it. Um, I saw a 370 deadlift in training. Uh, I think he talked about like a 325 squat. I think I think I saw that on a story as well. Yeah. Um, and then he benches, you know, more than me. So um, I was like, OK, well, even if you redu- reduce that by a good amount, um, it would make sense that he would still be able to hit that now. After the fact, I heard that he was cutting from like 97, 97 kilos. Um, and that's for me now, I would not make that cut. Like I, I wouldn't force that weight up if I didn't have to. Um, and from what I see, you know, like he's, he was able to, to perform, you know, at the 90 kilos, 
you know, cutting down even more for USAPL. Um, you know, and so maybe he was closer to the weight, so it was easier to train there and then make it to that weight class. To me, that's how I see it. And versus him trying to make a, a more substantial cut and then not feeling a hundred percent ready for the two hour weigh in, you know, with four kilos dropped off. That's how I see it. But again, I expected even then we could see, you know, reduction on that. But now if, if I were Bryce, I would be like, Hey, I'm just going to sit a little bit closer. If training doesn't go as well, then whatever, I'll just eat it and then perform as I expect on game day. Right. It's, it's interesting because four kilos isn't crazy, but. But if I remember, I remember a podcast and Bryce, if you're listening, hit me up after this. There was a specific like 3DMJ podcast that he did 10 years ago. I've been around for a long time. Um, <laughs> and, and he was talking about how, because he used to be a 93. Bryce competed in 93 in the beginning of USA, Power, like going into USA powerlifting. Um, it was like 2013, 2014 you know, doing crazy stuff in the 93s when no one was doing that. And then he decided to go up and that's when he like leveled up even more. Uh, and he was talking about, yeah, like the cut to 93 is just too much. And I did not perform the way I did. So for me, I'm like, okay, well now if you want to do that, like just being a little bit closer, I think is, is the way. So I don't know. Mm. It's such a science. Like when you cut, you got to practice cutting. Like you practice all your lifts. Like in an, in the competitions, you only compete two times, three times a year. That's not enough it to find to get the fine tuning down because it's so unique and individualized. Once you have fine tuned, you don't have to practice cut as much because it's fine tuned. But to get it right is so individualistic. I remember when I was first cutting to eighty three, I practice so often and it's hell. And I don't think people people avoid it because who the fuck wants to dehydrate themselves for no reason when you're not about to compete. You're going to want to do that just to iron it out and then go to the gym and, and lift a little and be like, Oh fuck, I'm developing cramping. That, what does that tell you? You got to do things like this. I'm not saying he didn't, but I'm just saying maybe needs to do even more. So something's up. Arian, what do you say? Yeah. I was just going to add in there. You could probably have like two people do the same exact protocol and they're going to feel different. And then if they do cramp, it could be different muscles that cramp or, you know, swelling of the fingers and stuff like that. So it can be different. And then also the rehydration process, like some people are really good at just like forcing themselves to chug the fluid and get everything back in as fast as possible. And some people might like baby it a little bit and, you know, not go through the misery, but then it's not going to be, you know, as much in your system by the time you lift. So who knows what happens? Maybe yeah, he just has to be more around 95.5 or something rather than like 97 or something like that. But when I was watching it, I thought he was on pace too. So like from his local meet where he qualified, he squatted two and a half kilos more and he benched five kilos more. So I'm like, all right, he's in a good spot. Did his opener. And I was like, okay, he's probably gonna do a 20 kilo jump and hit the hit the number. He needs 355. He did 370 last week. We're all good. And then, yeah, he missed it twice. And I did notice some of it backstage as well because he was warming up on the same platform as um, Deuce and uh, Mike Lowe and everything like that. So I saw him like, yeah, he'd go out there and do a warm up, and then he kind of like, yeah, grab his shoulder or grab his tricep and sit down and stuff like that. So it was it was showing some while he was warming up, and then unfortunately, yeah, it finally uh, held him back on a deadlift. So a tough spot for him because he's probably going to be a, a bit down on the uh, alternates. And also with so many 93s at Sheffield, if two of them get in, you can only take two per weight class for worlds. Then the other 93s would either have to make some kind of deal to go up to one Oh five, or they're not going to be able to be on the team. 
But if if I'm correct, even if if one of the she- so there's three ninety threes at Sheffield, if one of them, I'm sorry, two of them do not hit Carpino one, do they go into tertiary selection behind Bryce? Is that correct? I don't. I, they wouldn't or, go behind Bryce. They would go by ranking. Yeah, I think but they would. Together. But they would. But yeah, right. But they would go to the tertiary selection straight yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, but if if Bryce has like eight fifty, and let's say the highest person at Sheffield has eight sixty, and none of you hit eight sixty eight, then the person who has eight sixty would still be ranked the highest Correct. in the ninety threes. Yeah. So it's pretty much the two top Sheffield lifters will go in, in the ninety. It seems like yeah. So it seems like Bryce is going to be in a tough spot, and he's going to have to figure out what he wants to do going forward as far as weight class and figuring out the weight cut that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. That's Paul, the problem. I mean, that's the problem when we, you know some of these people are switching from USAPL to Parking America. You know, it's all in for nationals to worlds. And if not, you're like, well, shit. Now I have to sit out for a year, or you know, maybe I guess you could do a, another national event, you know, or international event. That's there is that. I mean, he could still make North Americans and um, practice his weight cutting at an international, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, who knows, or just like, I'm, he wants to fine tune this anyways, talking to him right afterwards. This is what I was hearing is we're close. And I know I have the strength to, I have to sort this out. It would be, he can't walk away now to get this close. This, this performance is almost a teaser. It's like, Oh, Bryce, you're so close. Right. But mm-hmm. um, a, just a quick shout out, Gregory Johnson, um, totaling 970 coming in second and Wesley Mole coming in third. Gregory Johnson, massive deadlifter. Um, 970? Or 790. 790. Sorry, did I say 970? <laughs> yeah. okay, I was like, damn. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Why did I wait so long to mention him if he totaled that much? Um, oh, yeah. But Gregory missing his third lifts on all three events uh, greatly set him back a little bit there. You guys ready for the 105s? Yeah. Let's do it. It's essentially the Justin Rogers. So Justin Rogers um, hit an 875 for his, he got a monster 330 squat, got a big 230 kilo bench press. He's got a monster subtotal. Um, it's the deadlifts though. He missed his last deadlift at 325. Would have put on 10 kilos onto his his total. He would have needed for Carpino one 901.5, which we had said would have been a pretty big ask in the preview show. It'd be difficult but he would at least be able to build upon that total. He'll obviously be in the alternate selection, grabs a national title. He won the bench press nationals. Um, so we'll see what he wants to do from there. But uh, having an eight for nine day and and a PR total, I forget we, we said he was coming into this, but had a PR total nonetheless. And damn near had a really big PR total with another 10 kilos on top of that with his final pull. Um, and besides Justin Rogers, Alan Morlos uh, coming in with the silver and then Nathan Dunn with the uh, bronze medal there. Uh, did you guys want to add anything in the 105s? Yeah. Um, so Justin Rogers, uh, if we look at um, what he did, uh, this was in 2021, Raw Nationals, when he was in 93, um, he did 837. And, you know, since he did an 857, and then now 875, I'm looking from my perspective, seeing a lot of these 93s. So for me, you know, it was me, it was Bob Matthews, it was Justin Rogers, uh, Keiko, Gavin, all of our different trajectories. I think he made a really good decision and uh, doing the 105s. 
and, you know, showing up and doing nationals and taking the win uh, was definitely big. And obviously having his best meet ever. Um, huge. Yeah, he's pacing. I mean, he's still under 100 kilos, too. He weighed in at, uh, what was it, 99.02. So he hasn't filled out 105 either. Um, mm-hmm. So who knows if he was if he's to fill out 105, if he's to go USAPL in the, in the 100 kilo, because he says maybe he's thinking, I, I don't know if I can fill out 105. He's huge as yeah. a like right now walking around but maybe he fills out 105 and and that evens out the extra little bit he needs to start hitting around the 900 kilo because if he got his last dead and was 885 he's not that far off if you think about it that way if he's still got five kilos of body weight another 10 pounds on him um and he's a subtotal guy so his yeah. squat and bench is is gonna go up with that body weight Arian, what are you thinking sir Yes, yeah, so similar things at 100 kilos. Yeah, maybe he can try and fill out a little bit more to get the squat and bench up, or maybe he doesn't need to, but just spending more time at this body weight because, you know, mm. he was 93 less than two years ago and he's put on, you know, about 40 kilos on his total. So maybe just sitting at that weight now, getting more comfortable with it and gaining the strength, he'll be able to get to 885, 900, and so on over time. Ready to move on to the 120s, fellas? Yep. Let's do it. And this was a freaking battle. Yeah. Now this had some three-way action and this is the beautiful thing. Like Sean Jin and, and uh, Deuce Gruden had an amazing battle right down to the last day. Fair enough. But it's a two-way battle. When you have a, a class where there's at least three, the third man can apply pressure. And Mike T, the legend returning, always just like you, you chance is always going to recruit the Garys, whether it's Matt or Susie. Matt couldn't handle because of Article 14, which I hope on all things holy, they change this and they don't have coaches being suspended anymore. And um, But anyways, I don't want to overshadow. So he recruited Susie. And I know Matt gets a lot of shine as the GOAT, but Susie Gary is a fucking monster when it comes to coaching and she's one of the reasons why like for instance deuce getting carted along and obviously she was there as well but making those calls as well in a part of that camp and for the game plan for mike t stay in the pocket go nine for nine and try to snag a medal and you're going to be on the podium but whose medal are you going to try to steal is it gold is it silver this is a battle right down to the very end. Fellas, Arian, do you want to run through this here with us and Chance, you could chime in and then I'll give my thoughts afterwards. Sure. With um, Mike T, it seems like he was dealing with some injuries as well. It looks like despite the injuries, he still performed well because, again, he did the same local meet as Bryce did. And from that meet, he put five kilos on his squat, he put five kilos on his bench, and then he just pulled whatever he needed for the placing. So he ended up doing eight and a half kilos above that meet. So uh, great for him to get back on the platform and be able to work around the injury and be able to steal that silver medal. Lugo was a, a little bit of a wild card because I don't know what his training was like after Worlds and he wasn't posting much. And then he started posting stuff closer to Nationals and signed up. And it seemed like his numbers were down. I just weren't sure how much it was down. Um, but yeah, the squat was down 12 and a half kilos. The bench was very similar. Oh, actually, he had a two and a half kilo PR on bench. The bench was up there. And then it came down to Delft. That's where like they were all jockeying. Like, um, what does Lugo pull? He's the lightest guy. What does Tristan put on there? He's the heaviest guy. Mike T can always come in there and steal something at the last minute. And um, Lugo's second didn't 
looked like middle. It didn't look super easy. didn't look super hard. And he took a 20 kilo jump. And I was like talking to Bill. I was like, I don't know, man, 20 kilos is, is a big ask. I don't know if he's going to get this. And he gets it. He locks it out back in the warm room. I can't tell when the down command happened and this and that, but it looked like maybe his shoulder was forward and maybe the ball was slipping on his right hand. And he puts it down and he gets two white lights. And as soon as one red light and two white lights, it's like, Boom, go and go, go and protest. Susie runs out there to go protest for Mike. As T. she should. Yes, yeah, she, she should. She, she sprints out there and and uh, protests it. And then um, Bill puts in the change for uh, Tristan to go down to pull to beat if Lugo get, makes the lift. And I think the jury didn't overturn it until it was too late. So Tristan went out there and pulled his third attempt, three fifty, trying to pull for the win before they changed it. He makes his three fifty anyways, gets the win, and Lugo's gets overturned to a no lift and goes down. So then that's when Mike T um, and Susie and them switched to 352.5 for him to pull for the silver medal. And he gets in and pulls the silver medal and you actually see some excitement and like, you know, some emotion out of Mike T. And the whole night he was just saying, and the next day he's like, I've never been so happy in my life to get second place. <laughs> Listen, and here's the thing too. Um, the reversal of Lugo's final pull, not only is that exactly why you have the Garys in your corner, because they're eyeing in that reversal opened the door for Mike T to grab that silver. And yeah, it was a bit delayed. I remember on the commentary, me and Lane were like, uh, hang on a second. Mike's pulling for second. That's not right. There's got to be a mistake here. And then um, I look over at Pete Spence, the producer. He's like, no, that got overturned. And I was like, when did that get overturned? You don't see Susie Gary coming because she's four foot nothing. And she's at, she was there debating it and got it overturned. Like, oh my God, well, this changes everything. And Mike T going nine for nine. Chance, what were you thinking? Man, there's a lot. Um, you know, this battle, I mean, this was the battle last year, right? Tristan versus Enrique. And then you add in Mike T. Um, I... I'm person like personally with this battle, I had a lot of investment because I I sat uh with Mike T back the day before talking with him for like 30, 40 minutes about just training and everything, life stuff, all of this. Um, and he was just explaining to me, like, yeah, man, like I don't I didn't want to do this meet. I wanted to drop out. I told uh John with RTS. Like, I'm not going to, I don't want to do this. I'm, I'll show up and I want to be there just to, you know, see everybody. But like training has been crash, crash down oh all the way. Um, and like with injury stuff and coming back and he had like a, like a sharp or acute, like back strain type of thing. And it was really debilitating. And then all of a sudden, like the last X days, he could do it without um, like a lot of hesitation, like squat and deadlift. And then, you know, I was like, hey, like, all you have to do is just show up and just you never know what's going to happen. And if you just show up and do your best and hey, who knows, um, like we're all capable of, you know, X, we've all done these numbers before. And even if it's not like a perfect day or your PR numbers um, for someone like Mike, who's been around forever, um, you're not always going to have PR days and showing up and winning or placing and beating people. And that's part of the sport. Right. So um, to see him like explain all that and talk to me about it and feel dejected and kind of say like, yeah, like I didn't want to be here right now and then show up the next day. It was, it was very motivating and inspiring. Definitely. Um, and, and again, kind of like with, with the whole battle, right? Like, you know, Enrique was handled by uh, Matt last year against Tristan 
yeah. And now it kind of switches around, right? And then yeah. Mike T's here and then they, they work with him. And then, you know, it, the handler, you know, makes so much of a difference. You know, the subtleties of like managing you back in the warm up area and keeping your mind right and all that kind of stuff. I don't know what, you know, they talked about or whatever, but, you know, when someone's dejected and not wanting to be there and, you know, getting back on game day with Susie, someone that's handled you and coached you years and years and years. Yeah, that's a, a big deal. And I'm sure that played a big role into it and, you know, probably helped a lot. It's so crazy that, and I remember they had the barbecue the night before Mike T was there and he was, yeah, he, he had injuries. Um, it's, it's crazy that, it, I mean, no, I know it sounds cliche, but you just show up sometimes and you don't know what's going to happen. Show up and give it your all. And Mike T who is such a straight lease, not, you know, he doesn't let his guard down too often. Not that he's like standoffish guarded. It's just, he's more even keel. It's just his demeanor. You know, it's just how he carries himself. He's, he's very, that, that guy, right? Calm, cool, collected. Um, but it's nice. The guys you're ever going to meet. And when he was on that platform and they loaded up and when we realized, okay, Lugo's final pull actually got overturned and it, the call came up late and then everyone realized, oh my God, Mike T who stayed in the pocket all day mm-hmm. is about, he could, it's come down to this, a 352.5 final pull and Mike's going to sneak into possibly a silver position. It was the 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 beautiful nine for nine day that that comebacking veteran could have had the feel good story and Mike T to Arian's point for a fucking second there, let that crack, let that guard crack, and you saw that emotion. He's like, yes, and he had his fist clinched. And it's true, he said exactly what Arian said. I don't think I've ever in my life been so happy about it coming in <laughs> second. And it, it's um. I think we all felt good about it. Everybody knows, like we talk about the Garys and how, you know, Matt and Susie are legends, but Mike T is a legend in the game and what he's done for powerlifting, incorporating the RPE system of programming and, and the whole nine. Um, it's huge. And it was, it was awesome to see him there. And that is what you get in powerlifting. when we have three close lifters and not just two. Um, so, and, and Tristan, let's lay hats off to Tristan Nazarod. Oh my gosh, man, this dude freaking, uh, he missed his, his third bench, but beyond that had an absolutely stellar day. And, um, I think the story was when Lugo won their great battle last year, Tristan congratulated Lugo and said, congratulations, but we're going to do this again. Yeah. <laughs> and then when Tristan won it this year, Lugo class act as well met Tristan said congratulations but we're gonna do this again yeah and both these gentlemen know it ain't over <laughs> it ain't over yet you know they both probably have more in the tank can I just say something I was looking at Mike T's database and Enrique's database and Mike T's first USAPL meet that's registered Aaron you can correct me if I'm wrong but 2003 <laughs> um he was 18. Uh, oh when he did that meet, <laughs> I think Lugo was like three years old. <laughs> and so now like the the battle back this long and coming back and all this kind of stuff. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I don't want to take away from like Tristan and anything because I saw his training coming in and everything was great. Um, and then to win after, you know, losing previously uh, is huge. Um, but I, I just want to say, like, for a lot of 
for a lot of people listening, a lot of the, the newer lifters, intermediate people, I hear all the time from like a coach perspective. I'm sure you do, Arian, when you're hearing some of the athletes that you're prepping for a meet and, you know, like it's not going like perfect, you know, training has been good, like no injuries, everything's healthy, but just doesn't, there's no, no amazing lift that's just taking off. And they're like, man, I don't want to do this meet. I just like, I, I'll find another meet or whatever. It's like, man, just get to the meet. Like most people are lucky to get to the meet healthy and like be consistent in, in doing that. And if you don't have anything wrong, that's a huge win. And then just show up and do it. And that, that's it. But like some people would never get to Mike's position. Like they would have dropped out immediately. But Mike being a veteran and showing up, that's, that's how it's done. And he didn't hit PRs and still got that snuck yeah. in going nine for nine. But if you if you expect yourself to feel like shit and everything to be awful, and then for that to happen, it's just like there's a sign of relief. And it's almost like you already accepted the meat is going to be dog shit. And so when it isn't, and it's a great day and everything, yeah. that feels so good. <laughs> so good. It's remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tristan. Um, if he can go to Sheffield, we'll kind of crunch those numbers in a bit. We got one more gentleman. Then we'll kind of take a look at what maybe the American team might look like, look like. but mm-hmm. Ray Williams came back and, and big Ray initially, he was full steam ahead. Look, he, he was five for five with his first, you know, early goings halfway through this day and started missing lifts a little bit towards the end going three for three in squats. This, I had Lane Norton with me. And Lane coming from that era too. It's kind of cool calling these with a lane beside me. And Ray finished off with a 435 squat and it was probably his better squat. You know, Ray's in terms of depth, it always looks iffy with Ray because his, his legs are so huge. Um, he's he's harder to call than Jesus seeing over his, his quads to his, uh, you know, the hip crease the whole nine. But that 435 was actually, you. it can go either way. And it got more convincing with the 435. I thought the 435 looked better than his second. I went around in the back and told Ray, Ray, it looked like you were getting better and better. And he hit that 435. Now, in the bench press, um, he hit four or 215, 225, and then he missed 230. Okay. By the time this happened, all not lost. But it would have really helped had he gone six for six going into deadlifts, obviously, because we had a feeling Arpino, which was 12, uh, 10, 13, I believe. We had a feeling. So he'd need, he would need um, 10, 15. People were saying that he should be able to cruise or whatnot. I had a feeling it might be difficult. That look at a thousand kilos and up. Few men in the world in a tested side are going to ever do this, ever. A thousand kilos and up. And and Ray has been through some battles, and I had a, when he missed that, I was like, "Hmm, it's going to be difficult, but not out of reach completely." Um, opened up deadlifts, hit three twenty, then hit three forty, and you could see the pacing. And they're doing exactly what they need to do. The handling was on point, and everything was fine. You know, missing missing the bench, they still regathered themselves in the deadlifts. But the problem was, my God, if you saw the footage. There was something wrong with Ray. His it was his uh, I think it was his left side, the knee. I believe it was the knee. He kept his knee sleeve on, um, and you could tell he was injured. I'm not sure exactly what happened, but by the time even the on bench, there seemed to be some issues with the leg. The knee sleeve is on. Knee sleeves on deadlifts, and that 
second deadlift look absolutely painful as we're getting to the top and almost unwound like a corkscrew, like you're pulling open a wine bottle type deal. It, it was the way it came up crooked and then upright. It was, you could tell he was battling something. And that's when the last deadlift, it was, you were hoping against hope that he'd be able to find another gear and the strength was there, but he was battling through injury. So anyways, they load up exactly what he'd need, 355, to get him that 10-15 total. Because right now, at this point, he's resting at 1,000 kilos even. Not to be, um, the injury finally caught up to him, and uh, it it was just too much for him to, to overcome. So Ray, finishing his day with 1,000 kilos even, obviously very few men in the drug tested side have ever totaled a thousand kilos and up and Ray does it on a day where he's battling it out a little bit. Um, I'll give a Jonathan Avril coming in second with the 907.5, which is a very respectable total, obviously in Braden Pierce, um, young man, junior still taking the bronze fellas, Arian, what do you think about this? When you saw this? Yeah, I mean, I, I remember at some point I saw him like bending over. I thought he had his like hand on his hip flexor. So at first I thought it was the hip flexor, but it turns out it was the knee. So yeah, the, the strength was there and you see the 435, but like, man, it looked better than the other ones and he had more in him. But yeah, when the knee's bothering you, you don't know, you know, how much you can handle for the day. You don't know when it's going to give out on you and then, you know, you might be out or whatever like that. So they try to play maybe conservative of managing the pain, but trying to get the most out of him to stay on pace. Um but once he got to the Dallas, the Dallas were looking tough too. And after that second one, I was like, I don't know if he's if he's got this third one in him. And, and it's just like, yeah, he there was just I guess maybe too much pain and and other issues at that point. Um, and he's got a lot of stuff going on for him. Like he moved to Virginia to start a new job, which may be better in the future. But everyone knows initially when you're moving, you're moving from one state to another. You got to take everything with you, move into a new place, everything like that. Start a new job that can be very stressful. So who knows what his training was like, everything like that um plus everything else going on in his life he has a kid he finished his phd i believe his wife is going to school now um and then the other thing too is just super heavy weights and, and body weight like if you look it's hard for ray or blaine or jezza or kelly or whatever else to to last you know 10 15 20 years it just take the weights take a toll on you the body weight takes a toll on you everything like that so he weighed one basically 195 kilos his last two meets he's now 36 years old so those could be other factors as well it's just eventually the the weights and the age are catching up to all of us what do you think chance i mean when arian said that i was like yeah let's see you know when the last like the I, the first meet you know he did uh 400 kilos or more i mean it was 2013 so it's like 10 years of squatting 400 kilos on your body you know maybe even once a week or whatever it is maybe not quite that every week but you know, still 800, 750, something. That's a, so much stress on your body. And there's only, you know, so many, uh, so much reps that your body can handle, so much uh, gas in the engine, if you will. But I think it's good. You know, he he still did well. Um, and it was like his big, you know, you know, re-debut or, or not debut, uh, like just return back to, you know, high-level comps. Um, and still having a respectful day or respectable day, even after the injury stuff and everything else. You know, the 435, you know, on the main stage, moving well like that. I'll be happy. Um, but, you know, just barely missing the Carpino one is huge. Uh, I thought, from my perspective, looking at the roster and seeing who it was and wasn't on the roster, I was like, damn, Jesus could could have just showed up and tried to, to win this spot out real quick. I mean, it's in Texas. 
you know, and then the decision not to actually worked out well for Jesus. Um, and so, you know, Ray ends up missing, but still is, you know, maybe higher up on the um, alternate list. So we'll see what happens. Um, but it was obviously good to see Ray back at the national level. Okay. So here's a peek at um, some information. If we're looking at Sheffield, we got to assume Taylor's going to hit, um, you know, we're, we're assuming probably two 92s are going to hit this Carpino and Jesus Oliveras is going to hit that Carpino. And those doors have opened for those gentlemen. So that's um, Taylor, Jesus, and probably two 92 threes. There's four. Which which two? Okay, hang on. <laughs> Take it easy. Take it and easy, please. And then there's Wasker and Brian Lee. I got I go, I go, Gavin and Jonathan. Um, so <laughs> but at least at least two ninety-twos, right? Um, and then you have uh yeah, sorry, uh Arian, Wasker and, and Brian Lee. So there's six. And we have two more open. Now Delaney's been looking phenomenal. He needs 825.5. Delaney has done 822.5. I know people bring up recent totals. Delaney has shown he could do 825.5 for really real. 822.5 is like literally a few kilos off in 2021. If Delaney's right there, he's real close and his lifting looks phenomenal right now. He's, he's also doesn't show a lot. He's one of those guys. You're just, he'll show you a picture of a lot of weights and be like, you know, some weights got dummy today. And you're like, okay, what did you do? <laughs> um, so it's, it's tough, but Delaney's Delaney's on the fringe anyways. Um, I mean, what else are we looking at here? Mikey Davis, Michael yep. Davis. And what is it? What is the Carpino is um, 901, 901.5. Yeah. And, and, and Michael Davis could definitely hit that. And then the, and then some. The top person from nationals is Ray. His Carpino is 1.66. And then Dalton Laco, Deuce Gruden, and Sean Jin are all at 2.0. I don't know what the tiebreaker is. If it's GL points, then uh, Deuce Gruden will be the top person, then Sean, then Dalton. So potentially, like let's say Delaney and Mikey miss, maybe Ray and Deuce get in. If Delaney and Mikey both hit, Ray and Deuce don't get in or some combination of that. So it's going to be interesting. Like if, if Delaney... Or Mikey don't hit Ray Williams and Jesus Oliveras are going to battle at Worlds. Fucking yeah. let that sink in. But um, Mikey has done more nine nine oh one point five. Delaney has not done eight twenty five point five, but he he's done real close. So their their chances are pretty good. But we might still get Jesus Oliveras versus Ray Williams at IPF Worlds. I don't know. Hmm. That's a tough one, fellas. Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it's 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 a uh, you know Ray Williams and all them are going to be watching, and and this is where it gets tough. Like he had to pace, try to hit ten fifteen. If you knew, okay, he's not going to get it. Would you have gone just five kilos more? Or whatever would have would it even have mattered? I don't think so. I don't know how it would have raised like crunching the numbers. He's already the first alternate, so no, it wouldn't have mattered actually if he's already it, the first alternate. It, it would it would matter in that um, which maybe is going to be a strategy for Sheffield is like let's say Delaney, they think they can't hit the Carpino one, 
do they look at, okay, raise at 1.66, what do we need to beat the 1.66? Uh, you're right. Yeah. Just because if, if, if the, but here's the thing, if I know, if what I watched at PA Nats tells me anything, you don't know until it's too late. You, you, you're, I think he's going to be so close to Carpino one. If he doesn't hit it, he won't know until he goes for the last pull, doesn't hit. He's like, oh, shit, I felt like it was there today. Sorry, Chase. I, he looks like you're going to say something. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious. So, Arian, if you could explain it to me, that'd be great. Um, I thought when it gets to tertiary selection, it goes by IPF points. Um, now, the, the tertiary says order by Carpino from totals at Nationals and Sheffield. I think, doesn't that... After, that's 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 first. That's how it's ordered. No, first, get... it says on the Instagram post, first is win Nationals and Carpino one total. Second is Carpino one total at Sheffield. Third is order by Carpino from Nationals and Sheffield. I think the good live points is a tiebreaker, right? I, I think it doesn't say it, but I think that's what it's going to have to be. If two people hit Carpino two, then you have to have some kind of tiebreaker. Got it. Okay. I think that's what you might've heard is, is that I think that got referenced. This is, I heard that get referenced as well, Chance. And I yeah. think it was referenced in the tie-breaking scenario because a lot of these gentlemen are in the, in that tie in the alternate pool. And then, um, you know, when that gets passed around a little bit, maybe some miscommunication. Because the same thing the same thing happens at Sheffield is like, what if a bunch of them hit Carpino 1? Then how do you rank them? What if they all hit Carpino 1 and right. you can't fit them all on the team? How do you rank them? So I think maybe at that point, then they go to GL points. Yeah, but you said like 1.6 or something, right? Yeah. You're saying 1.6 Carpino. Yeah. You basically. So why would it not go to like 1.65? It's it's 1.660. What you basically do is you take the total and see how it plays at the last three worlds and right. then just divide it by three. So uh, uh, Bill McCarthy is the one who did it. So um, it would be. I, I think what Chance is saying is what's the chances of having a tie? Wouldn't it be very difficult to have a tie? Um. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know but <laughs> I don't know. I don't but know. Like it's just it's too it's too convoluted for me to for me as the the lifter that also coaches you know other division like another lifter right in this selection. I'm thinking about it. Okay, like it's still not quite clear enough. And then so when it does get to the selection, it's like okay, how's this really going to work? Because yeah, I mean, if I need to hit a specific number or do something, I would like to know, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I, that's why I was not sure how these different scenarios work as far as tiebreakers. It doesn't say GL points. It doesn't say what happens if all the Sheffield people hit Carpino 1. It doesn't say whether the third 93 gets an offer to 105s or if you're just out of it at that point. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, basically it means it means raised total would have placed first, second, and second at the last three worlds. And so the divide by three comes out to 1.66. So, so Delaney could go see what total would place, you know, first, first and second to get a slightly better Carpino. The problem is with Delaney, it'll be like Sean Jin. He'll be so close. He's pulling from mm -hmm. Carpino. He'd be crazy well, not to. I, I assume well, anyways, I assume unless like, yeah, unless he missed his third squat, missed his third bench. And then no, why? Why, why, why wouldn't he just go for two and a half more than what they did? I don't know what any of their goals are because this is going to be a scenario for multiple of you Sheffield lifters is like, what if you can move from, let's say, sixth place to fifth place at Sheffield, be top five at Sheffield, win more money, 
But if you miss, then you miss out on the Carpino to make the team. So what's more important, making it a world, placing higher at Sheffield, that kind of stuff. Yeah, but I'm saying screw the Carpino. If you're Delaney, you do 807, and you just bank on the fact that you'll be one of the first alternates as an 83 because there's no 83. Uh, it depends on when they throw you in the alternate pool, if they double up in a different well, weight class. Well, if he's 807.5, he's ahead of uh, Deuce and Sean Jin. Right. So right it just depends right. on. It's just Ray ahead of him in the alternate. But, and, but and at least Mikey. you have. Yeah, I'm saying at least you have like, hey, I'm the number 183. If, yeah. you know, any of the others get picked. I mean, I'd be the first one to get picked. Yeah. And you just at least do that, you know, say for. Joey or whoever it is. Yeah, Delaney, hey, like, hey, here you go. Here, here's the here's the game plan on a second yeah. attempt. You get eight oh seven. You would have you would have a um for sure. You hope the coaches are saying a one Carpino. But if the wheels fall off, you miss your third yeah. squat. You miss your third bench. Don't throw away your third dead if you're that far behind. Now you're in deuces scenario where you're yeah. like, what's the heaviest we can do without throwing away? But if you end up going three for three, then six for six. And you're in Sean's scenario, you go for Carpino. That's where I think that's why the 83 kilo class is the perfect example of how to play it, depending on how your day went leading in. And, and hopefully this never happens again. And next year's is perfectly normal. <laughs> yeah, I agree, man. It was, uh, I'm not going to lie. It was kind of interesting in commentary, having an imaginary opponent named Carpino to talk about that they were chasing. Um, but I would have preferred all you guys being there. That would have been even better. That would make it better because <laughs> I think I think people are used to it, um, especially powerlifters, especially from other countries. Because other countries, they say like, "Hey, we won't send you to Europeans unless you hit this minimum total. We won't send you to Worlds unless you hit this minimum total." So it makes sense that like if our nationals is brand new and you're not filling every weight class, like, "Hey, you got to come to nationals and hit this total to automatically qualify." But yeah, not having the best lifters there makes it tough to be like, "Oh, well, there's other other lifters are at this other event," that kind of stuff. It will get ironed out though. This um, uh, talking to people on site, this isn't going to way it's going to be every every single year. It's just the way it got forced into this year, but there will be adjustments. So yeah, we'll hang yep. tight. All right, gentlemen, um, we should wrap up the men's. Uh, for everyone listening, whatever platform you're listening on, please do subscribe. Give us high ratings. Let us know how you feel. Uh, this isn't a preview show; it's a recap. So. Probably not going <laughs> to debate us on who won, <laughs> but, uh, but anyways, much appreciated until next time. Six pack lab at six up when we are out.